0: Hey, welcome back to the Moto Podcast. Here we are again, another Friday, new episode. Um, thank you for tuning in again. Um, just want to remind everyone, we're still recapping my domestic violence. Um, and I just want to give a trigger warning for the rest of the episode. And um, I just want to remind everyone that um, there's going to be some things discussed, uh, some into detail, some not so much, but still, you know, um, we are going to discuss some uncomfortable things. So just a heads up for survivors or uh, those that are still in um, troubling situations. Uh, Yeah. So thank you again for tuning in. And like we left off last week. um, um, Yeah, so I guess you can imagine um, life was tumultuous, right? Um, so deployment time comes and, um, I'm pregnant and we decide that it's best that I move back to my mom's. Um, oh, and also I've reconnected with my mom because my mom ended up being pregnant, um, by, you know, the friend that was in her house looking through my pictures yeah so apparently they were dating she got pregnant and so we're kind of pregnant at the same time obviously she was farther along than I was but at the time of deployment um yeah uh, we decided that it would probably be better if I went back home and be closer to family because out there I was by myself and I still didn't drive believe it or not you know it's so embarrassing um, but I still didn't drive, and so being out in uh 29 Palms would be very difficult for me, especially since we lived off base, so I didn't have really any means of transportation. So I moved back home, um, and and just back home. Um, nothing really crazy. I actually started working and um i was in the middle of planning my mom's baby shower when um i miscarried Uh, so that was was hard um especially being alone Um, i know i was home with family but you know he was overseas and um that was a, a rough situation to go through And, you know, you have the Red Cross have to contact and give, you know, their spouse bad news. Um, And, you know, it wasn't fun. Um, It wasn't pleasant. Uh, Regardless, everything that we've had been through before deployment um, was, it was still hard. And so anyway, um, I just kind of, moved on. I don't know. I know it was sad for a bit, but um, things were so busy. I was working and he was gone and there was just so much to try to, um, I guess I was just trying to get my life together away from him. Um, And there was a lot of things that we had to fix we had financial issues. We obviously had relationship issues. And so I think that I was distracted enough with other things that I didn't really linger with the and deal with the loss of the baby. So um, as time went by, um, I decided to go back to our place. Uh, because being at home just it wasn't working and there's too many people there my mom had started her life with you know her significant other and my sister was born so i ended up going back and um when i went back one of my friend um which her spouse had deployed with my spouse at the time uh, she was really upset um about the situation that had occurred before she left when we were over um, playing games and stuff. And so she came to me and she was, she said she had something to tell me that wasn't her place to tell me, but that she was really upset and that she felt like she had to tell me. And so she told me that um, apparently my spouse didn't leave anything for me in his will that not even a dog tag, not even a boot, that he designated everything, including his life insurance to his family, and I think for myself and my soon-to-be-born baby. And she said that she was just uh, really upset for me because um, clearly she knew the treatment that I was getting at home. And then to know that. Uh, She said that her husband was there with him when they they did their wills together. And so um, he's the one that told her. And she kind of was just like, that's a slap in the face. Like, um, what if he died out there and you had his baby? He would leave you with nothing. He would leave his son or his daughter with nothing. Um, And honestly, that really... I want to say it pissed me off, um, but I think I was more hurt than anything, right? Because anger is always masking your true emotion. Um, so when he called, I confronted him about it, and, um, of course, he nonchalantly, you know, told me that, yeah, um, all he had assigned to me was his debt, and, um, not that I didn't already know where I fit in his life, but that really just was the cherry on top to, to really lock in that, the fact that I was meaningless in um, not only his life, but our relationship, because he had no consideration for me whatsoever, um, even through everything that we'd been through and, everything that I endured and I, um, chose to, you know, endure and stay by his side. And, um, it was really hurtful because, um, being deployed, you know, in a war zone was difficult for him. And, um, regardless of everything, I tried to be a good spouse and, um, be there for him. And so that was really hurtful. And again, just really, really, um, It was very degrading, again. So it's like I was degraded in so many ways, you know, Um, not only financially but emotionally, physically, Um, and now this, right? Like I didn't even rate enough to be left shit (laughs) fucking dog tag, right? Like not even – I didn't even rate to get left a piece of metal, And so, um, uh, I think that solidified a lot of things for me. Um, I was able to think more clearly because I was alone. And um, I made a decision and I didn't want to be that wife because I knew that nobody else knew really what happened behind closed doors. But I figured that this would be the safest time that I could exit this relationship. And so I told him that I no longer wanted to be with him and that um, if he could please, you know, if we could just get divorced, go our separate ways, split a debt and then just go on with our lives, you know, debt free, child free. um, And we were young enough to just be able to leave everything behind us and move on. Um, then I soon, well, because meanwhile, I was staying with his staff sergeant's wife. Meanwhile, I could get all my furniture back in my house and everything because we moved everything. I don't even know why we did all that. We should have just left everything in the house and I could have stayed at my mom's and then come back. But, you know, being young and stupid, you just, we, we were not logistic at all. (laughs) So, um. It turns out then, so I was staying there with her. Meanwhile, I was trying to get all my stuff back situated in the house. And um, I get told that he got put on suicide watch because um, he didn't take that very well. And so, of course, now I look like that wife, right? Um, I'm that wife, the stereotypical wife where the husband The service member, the spouse is deployed and he's at war. And here's this wife that doesn't give a shit and fucks around, which I didn't, but it's a stereotype, right? And uh, writes a Dear John letter and says, you know what? I can no longer wait for you. And so now I'm the bad guy in the eyes of everyone because I decided that i wanted to leave our um, our relationship but it wasn't that i i wanted to do it this way it just happened that way and it happened to be that that was the safest way because i we had had this conversation before and he always told me no that he would never allow that that he wasn't going to let me go if no one could have me if he couldn't have me no one could have me so on and so forth right So, um, of course, guilt kicks in, and I just apologized and decided to stay, Um, and throughout the rest of his deployment, he promised that he would change, that things would be different, that he was sorry, which was actually the first time he ever said those things. Before, he always just kind of blew me off, and um, minimized everything. Like I was overreacting. Things weren't as bad as they were. He didn't do the things that I said he was doing, so on and so forth, right? So this time, since he was actually apologizing and taking accountability to me though, right? He never he never told anybody else and said, well, you know, actually, you know, I know why my wife's leaving me, it's because I'm a freaking jerk and I abuse her, right? No. Um, he just he allowed everyone to continue thinking that I was just this bad person that was trying to leave him in the middle of wartime. But within us, you know, he apologized and he promised that he would be different and he would change. And so um, I agreed to try to work things out and I moved back in and um, I tried to get my life together. I got my license, I got a car, and, um, and I started working out, I went to the gym, um, I got a job, I was working out in town at Big Five. Um, and so I was just trying to get uh, my life back together, um, back at home. And meanwhile, I had, you know, um, some of his friends helping me move in. And so, um, Just, I had to wait for the time to go by for him to come home. Um, Meanwhile, that happened. Um, I had one of his friends um, help me move into the house, and um, he Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, he actually um, tried to uh, take advantage of me. And he tried to rape me. Um, and uh, I don't know why these things I really I think back over and over and I don't understand why all these things kept happening to me. <laughs> like what did I do to deserve all of this? Um definitely I don't know. Maybe in a past life I did some fucked up shit. I don't know. Um but before I could talk to my spouse he had already gone and relayed a message or told someone that I'd slept with him. Um, so when my spouse called me, uh, he told me that he heard XYZ. Um, I told him it wasn't true and I told him what happened. And it's sad that he wasn't even upset. He didn't even care. Um, and he didn't even defend me to anybody else. He didn't try to um, defend me or justify anything to anyone. Um, He just kind of didn't care, uh, which bothered me a lot. But um, again, one of those things that like everything else, it was an issue, but I didn't let it affect our life. Um, it was just kind of, I was used to that treatment, so I kind of brushed it off, even though it did bother me. Um, and so anyway, uh, he came home and, um, he was great. He really seemed like a changed person, like a changed man. Um, he was being really nice, um, we went and got like marriage counseling and we they sent us on a retreat and we did all that good stuff, right? We talked to the chaplain, which of course, we never mentioned the domestic violence, right? Because that was the first thing he told me. You know, you, we can't say anything because, you know, I'm gonna get kicked out or I'm gonna get in trouble. So when we went to see the chaplain initially, I mean, we did, I didn't mention any of that. But it's funny because when Chaplin sat us down, it's like he already knew and he literally like got crazy in his face and was like, the one thing I will not allow or um, tolerate is domestic violence. He was like, I don't uh, tolerate abuse. A man should never hit a woman. And if you're a man that hits a woman, you're the lowest piece of shit on the scum and the scum of the earth. And man, like he Fucking ripped into him. It was kind of like he already knew, and he was just like, I'm gonna tell you because I know you don't have to tell me. Um, It was pretty intense, Um, but of course, he denied it, said he didn't, and I just kind of sat there quietly and whatever. And so, you know, months went by, and um, we just things were kind of getting better. Um, and, uh, I, I think that, um, that I was just excited. I thought that, um, things really had taken a turn for the better. And so, um, we started actually trying to get pregnant and I couldn't get pregnant. And so then we started kind of getting concerned because um, we had had a miscarriage before. So then um, uh, we started to get seen and tested and um, going through all that stuff. And so um, it was, I think, I don't know, maybe that was one of like the best times um, of our marriage because we seemed to be like the most connected and we were on the same page and we were trying to work towards the same goal and um, things were kind of peaceful. And so I think that was one of the very few, if, if only times that that happened. And, um, So it was frustrating that um, nothing was happening and we were trying and we were going through all the the things and the appointments and stuff. And so um, one weekend we went home to visit um, for the weekend and we were at my mom's house and I don't even know how the argument happened. But I remember we woke up in the morning and I was laying. We were in my brother's room and um, we started arguing over. I don't even I don't even know what we were arguing about. And the next thing I know, he's fucking choking me. And I'm like gasping for air and I'm choking. And the next thing I know, I'm like choking more on water I'm like gasping for air and so I'm assuming he threw water in my face because I was from I was choking from him choking me and I start crying and like hysterically crying and he's like shut the fuck up shut the fuck up you're so fucking dramatic he's like you're just such a fucking bitch And I swear to you that I stopped sobbing and I just gasped like, I couldn't believe that. I mean, he's called me all sorts of things before, but I remember that day just feeling like, I don't even think it's the fact that he called me a bitch. I think it was just the fact that it was happening again after things had been so good for so many months. um It was like reopening that wound, rubbing salt on the wound. And I just remember thinking like, thank God, thank God I didn't get pregnant because, oh my God, here we fucking go again. I knew it. Things are never going to change, whatever. And I remember driving Back home and the whole drive was just fucking tense and silent and I remember thinking in my head like how the fuck am I gonna get out of this like this is it I can't do this I can't keep doing this like um maybe things happen for a reason right and guess what and guess what we find out in the next couple of days I think you guessed correctly, I was pregnant. Literally, we find out like, I don't know if it was a day after or two days later that I was pregnant. (laughs) And it was the most tormenting news I think that I had ever received because part of me was so happy and relieved and excited. Um, and the other part of me was like, fuck. Um, and so I stayed, um, because I was pregnant and now I felt even more trapped and I knew for a fact that even that now even more than ever, he wasn't going to let me leave. I wasn't going to be able to leave. Um, And as you can probably guess, things began to escalate even as I was pregnant. And the crazy thing is, is that he started using my pregnancy against me. And so, um, he told me like, he wouldn't let me buy anything for the baby. So we literally had nothing, um, He wouldn't let me plan anything for the baby because, I don't know, I think it was just like a form of control, like, I know you're happy, but I'm not going to let you be that happy, Um, and just stupid little shit like that, Um, and then I had a really, really rough pregnancy, Um, had preeclampsia, and I was always sick, and he just seemed to really not care, about how I was feeling and, um, that I was constantly in the hospital and, you know, I think that's another form of abuse. Like, I don't even know if it even has a name, um, but I just felt so, there has to be a word for it. I don't know, but um, neglected, there you go. That's the word, you yeah, neglect is abuse, right? Neglect is abuse. I guess when you think of neglect, you think about like when kids are neglected and malnourished and not cared for, but I was neglected while I was pregnant with his own child, you know? Um, and um, it's just scary. It was scary and crazy, and now not only did I have to protect myself, but I had to protect my daughter, right? And so there was one instance where um, we were arguing, of course, which was probably over nothing or maybe over something because there's so many arguments, I can't even think which one was which. And I'll never forget, we were in the guest bedroom. And I stood up to him, and I don't know exactly what I said, but I was basically like, cut the shit. Like, you're not going to fucking treat me like this. And my child, your child, like, fucking just fucking stop, you know? I was fucking over it. And um, I will never forget, he literally, like, put me in a headlock, twisted my arm behind my back and slammed me belly down on the bed hard. And I just laid there in shock and thought, my baby. And he just left me there pressed against the bed for what felt like an eternity, but maybe could have been minutes. And then he picked me back up, threw me and told me to not fuck with him again. That day, I was like, I'm fucking getting the fuck out of here. And that whole evening I treaded lightly. I made dinner, Um, I didn't talk. I tried to make sure to not instigate or create an altercation and we went to bed. And um, I got up to pee and I went and folded some underwear and some pajamas and like put it in a corner. And I came back to bed. And then I pretended that I had to go pee again. And I went to go pack my um, toothbrush. And then the third time I tried to get up, I shit you not, like I was waiting for him to be snoring. I get up and in his sleep, he just grabs me with his arm, not, no eyes open, no sitting up, in midair grabs me and asks me where I'm going. And I was like, fuck. And I was like, mm, I'm just going to go pee. And he was like, fine, hurry up. So I went, pretended to pee, came back to bed. It was the fourth time I got up that he didn't even flinch. I grabbed my shit. I literally climbed out of the window got in the car and drove away with the car door open I didn't want to slam it so that he couldn't hear me and I drove off and I drove and I stayed on base with one of his marine's wife I think he was like a pfc or I don't know but he was like he was new and I went to go knock on her door and I asked if I could stay there and she said yes um, and for us, yeah. And I didn't know what I was going to do. I had no plan. Um, all I knew was that I couldn't stay there and I wasn't safe and, um, my baby definitely wasn't safe. Uh, and I think I was more in shock more than anything. I couldn't believe that he would have done something like that. And also knowing that he could have, you know, hurt the baby, killed the baby, slamming me down like that on the bed, face down, belly down. And so I was really confused and scared, and I didn't want to tell anyone. I just, you know, said that we we had a big argument, and um, I stayed there for a couple of days. And of course, the next day he called me, blowing me blowing me up, that what the fuck was wrong with me, where the fuck was I, that was he going to get to work? He was going to get into deep shit because I took the car, which is my car, by the way, because I fucking bought it. But whatever. Um, and I was just kind of like, tough shit, figure it out. Um, and I knew he could have found me. I mean, there, was, there wasn't there was many places I could be. It would either be one of three places. I hadn't really no money. And the money that we did have was joint, so he'd know where I'd be. Um, and so I think I I think he knew where I was. He was just trying to bully me and scare me, you know, manipulation tactics. And so he was constantly calling me, talking about he was going to call the MPs on me and report me. And I thought, well, why doesn't he? <laughs> but I know why he didn't. Because if they... So anyway, he knew, right? He knew what he was doing. He knew that if he really did report me then they would have to actually investigate why I left. So he didn't, he just threatened me that he was gonna call. And so I knew he wouldn't and I just didn't care. Um, I went back to the house one day, I left him divorce papers um, on the counter. He called me laughing um, and he told me to just come back home, stop fucking around, stop playing fucking games. That he knew I wasn't gonna fucking go anywhere. Where the fuck was I gonna go? Nobody was gonna want me fucking pregnant and disgusting and you know who I was. And um when I went home another day to get more clothes, he had burned the divorce papers in the sink and he left them there for me to see because he knew I would go back to get, you know, because I had gone back a couple times to get stuff. Um And honestly, I don't even remember when I went back or why or how I decided to go back. Um, But obviously, you must know that I did um, because I did. Uh, Even after all of that, I still went back and I don't even fucking know why. To this day, I don't know why. Um, I think I just scared. Scared. I think it was more fear, you know, at that point I wasn't working anymore because I had such a a rough pregnancy and, um, I didn't know where I'd go. My mom had just had a baby and she was rebuilding her life. So to go back home with my baby, would didn't seem realistic. And so I guess going back home was the most feasible at the moment. And so I think maybe that's why I went back. Um, but I went back and, uh, Things didn't get better till the day I had her. Um, um, Actually, right up until I had her, he was um, cheating on me with another Marine, um, which had the audacity to make me a baby basket and send it to me, by the way. Um, And the day I gave birth, um, they were at the range. I had a friend take me and... (laughs) Um, he eventually showed up and disappeared the whole entire time I was in labor. Um, he showed up initially for a little bit and then disappeared the whole time I was in labor for 10 hours, barely made it back by the time I delivered, which is crazy, ironic. Um, but he literally showed up in the beginning, was there for the birth. And the whole day in between was fucking gone, which I'm pretty sure I know where he was, but I can't prove it. So whatever. Um, and then we came home and life was stressful. It wasn't beautiful, new beginnings with a new baby. It was the same shit because nothing I did was ever good enough. Um, she was tongue tied. So latching was a problem. Um, It was stressful. She was always crying. She was always hungry. I was always tired. And um, one day I decided I'm just going to go buy formula because this isn't working. And so I went to buy formula and he lost his shit on me. Called my family, called his family, told them I was denying the baby food. He threatened to call social services on me because I was a bad mother and I wasn't feeding his child the proper way, which what is the proper way? Um, she had a physical limitation. I couldn't nurse her. So the logical thing would be to get her formula because she's hungry. No, that made me a bad mother. Um, that made me the worst person on earth. He made sure he called my mom to tell her that. He made sure he called his family to tell them that. And of course, um, his family stigmatizing me and you know, agreeing with him, um, believing him, not understanding the true severity of the situation, not having all the facts. Um, my mom was pissed. She couldn't believe that he would call and tell her something like that. Um, it was just insane. So it was like, it just, the amount of abuse and the different types of abuse just kept escalating and growing and growing as time went by, as different phases of our lives happened. They just, it it was like peeling a fucking onion. And, um, it's incredible what your brain, and your mind, and your psyche, and your body can handle, right? Because that's a lot of shit, and that's not even telling you every single encounter of abuse that I lived in that marriage, in that relationship, in that household, whether it was pre-pregnancy, pre-deployment, or after, or during, um, and I just endured it, and I tried my best to be the best me I could be in that situation for myself, for my spouse, for my child, and for my family and my friends, and um, I think that it's incredible that I'm still here. I think that There are so many situations which could have gone really, really wrong. Um, And I just want to stress the fact that I know it's not easy to leave. And if you've ever been in that situation, I totally understand you. And don't ever allow anyone to make you feel wrong for the choices that you make and how you make them, because being in a situation like that, only you know um, how it is you can survive. Uh, Every situation is different. Every person is different. And no one can tell you how to deal with anything. I think the only um, piece of advice I think that I can give is that when you're ready no one can tell you when to leave or how to leave only you know how to leave and when because it's a scary situation it's a difficult situation and um that's it it's only when you know only you know how and when you can get out of where you're at no one can force you um and that's exactly what happened with me i had to find my place and my time um even when i thought my place and my time was there when i jumped out that window and drove off with my my open car door it was clearly not the time um for whatever reasons and I'm glad that I was able to find a time where it wasn't too late. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't get to, um, don't get to find that time. Um, I've read many, many stories of victims that didn't make it out on time. They stayed a little too long. I've read stories of victims that were able to get out And still lost their life. Um, It's just really hard. So, I don't know. I don't think I have anything to add to this tonight. Um, I just thought it was important to tell this part of the story. um, Because... Pregnancy and babies don't fix things. They don't prevent abuse. and They definitely don't eliminate it. Um, it was a sad time. It was a most definitely hard time. So... Um, I guess I'll just leave this episode here. Sorry. Uh, This one was a hard one for me. Um, Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining. Make sure you drink your celery juice. Make sure you make moto moves. And I will be here for you next week. And if you are a survivor or a victim of domestic violence, uh, make sure to reach out to the hotline, which is 1-800-799-7233. Thanks again, and have a good night.